What's up, everybody? Just want to tell what's you how up, you can everybody. come. What's up, everybody? Yeah, what's up, everybody? Uh, here's how you can come support the show. You go over to truezilla.org forward slash donate for any value for value donations. You can get yourself a nice Truezilla t-shirt over at truezilla.org forward slash shirt. got one on. He's got his World Economic Forum shirt up in the house. Uh, we got a new design that says, what part of freedom don't you understand? Uh, if you guys want to support the show and your health at the same time, you can go to truthtrs.com. Yes. Okay, truthtrs. TRS spray, uh, uh, toxin removal support. Um, basically, it's just an odorless spray that detoxes all the heavy metals out of your body. It's a beautiful product. And uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, toxins in our toxins. environment right now. A lot now, of toxins. Right? Yep, yep. And it's not just heavy metals, too. It's other environmental toxins as well. So if you also follow them on Instagram, at TruthTRS, they're always dropping fire memes, and they got all kinds of information and testimonials they're posting up there. So definitely recommend that. And, of course... None of this would be complete without our friend Cody. Cody. Cody's Crystals. At Cody's underscore crystals, C-O-D-Y-S underscore crystals on Instagram. Go follow him. Go get some, get yourself some rocks and gems and crystals and all that fun stuff. Check out his live streams and tell him Truezilla sent you. So. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Ah, yes. We love those five-star reviews. Five stars, Please baby. keep five, them coming. Five, 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 five. There you go. Five, 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 better than six, six, six. Come you on. You know, and since we talked about Australia in this, I really just want to say hi to Pedro. Well, we're going to be talking to him tomorrow. I know we yeah. are, but yeah. I just want hi, to say Pedro. hi to Pedro. Pedro. Much love. We right love now Pedro. Here. Yes. Yeah, we do. Send him yes. some love. Much love to Pedro so. and all the people that are just Prayers for Australia. Suffering. Prayers yeah, for all of totally. us. Under the boot. So, anyway. All right, guys. Enjoy. Welcome to Truthzilla. I am Megan sitting here with Scott and Ed. Hello. Our guest tonight is a lifelong deconstructor, has had various roles in the military, and has now found himself in the battle for freedom. He has immersed himself in legal texts, taking it upon himself to learn the law inside and out and as a force to be reckoned with. Polly, welcome to the show. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, uh, thank you so much for thanks being for here. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, so uh, yeah. maybe start us off by giving us a little bit more of your background. I know we kind of just glanced over it there, but tell us a little bit about where where you're coming from and how you got in this fight. Sure. Uh, so I was in the Army straight out of high school, got injured and kicked out and said I wasn't done. So I went back in. And while I was in the military, uh, I pretty much just absorbed everything they were teaching us land nav radios uh blue force trackers uh radio frequency interceptors and i became subject matter expert on most of those uh topics if not all of them with the exception of a few guns um while i was in afghanistan i deconstructed a entire taliban unit that was operating in the area of operation of my unit and so we would know when they were going to attack us every day. Hmm. We, knew what, we knew what they were doing. Uh, fast forward, came back and started an ironworking apprenticeship last year, uh, right at the beginning of all this, end of February, beginning of March last year. And a couple months in, when they implemented the mask mandates, they segregated me at my apprenticeship and then eventually just let me go because I wasn't doing anything. And so I started calling civil rights attorneys and constitutional lawyers and trying to figure out how I could address my grievances. They all told me I didn't have standing and I knew they were wrong. You can't, you can't tell someone they're not a victim of their own rights being violated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I set out to learn all of their jobs better than them and all of the laws included with their jobs. There you go. That's that's yeah, it, man. Yeah. Like we always talk about, like in this fight, we can't wait for somebody to come along and save us. We can't wait for, particularly anybody in the government. Like no politician is going to come in and right. save us. We have to be our own yeah. advocates. We have to be the people that that save the day for ourselves. So, man, super super awesome. So, so I've got here. Yeah, let's take let's uh, dive into it. Sure, uh, I've got here a collection of laws that negate and. Not only they don't negate her authority, they are what prohibit her authority from even 
reaching the level that she's portraying. Sure. So her as in uh, Oregon Governor Kate Brown. Yep. So we are here in Correct. Oregon and, and you know, we're all uh, adamantly opposed to her. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Katie yeah, yeah. is not our friend. <laughs> Katie's not our friend. We've made that very clear on the show multiple times. But yeah, so there all of you that are listening around the world, you know, try to take what you can out of this and apply um, it to your own. I think we used to just be opposed to her governor. politics. Now I feel that we're opposed to her like uh, as a human being. As a human being. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, as well, you should be. Yes. Yeah, no yes. kidding. Yes. <laughs> So this is uh, Oregon.public.law, and it has both the Oregon Administrative Rules and Oregon Revised Statutes on this website. And everything here is cited directly from the Oregon Legislature website. It's just constructed in a much more user-friendly site. Uh, There's links for everything. Uh, So in public health here, volume 12, you'll find Title 36, which is public health and safety. So this is all of your public health and safety laws. Hmm. Now in this, in the very first chapter, 431.180, this has the state and local administration enforcement of public health laws. Down here at number 180, it says very plainly, interference with an individual's selection of healthcare provider, treatment, or religious practice prohibited. Hmm. Nothing in ORS 431.001 to 431.550 and 431.990 or any other public health law of this state shall be construed as authorizing the Oregon Health Authority or its representatives or any local public health authority, et cetera, et cetera, um, to interfere in any manner with an individual's right to select the physician, physician the treatment, a physician's assistant, naturopathic physician, or nurse practitioner of the individual's choice, or of the individual's choice mode of treatment, nor as interfering with the practice of a person whose religion treats or administers sick or suffering people by purely spiritual means. Ah. That means... So I cure COVID with the truth, baby. So you can't (laughs) get You don't... Yeah. If you don't believe you need a mask, you you don't need a mask. Yep. Period. If you don't believe you need a vaccine, you don't need a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, I mean, my first question would be like when I hear that, though, is I mean, and how they I feel like they've gotten around a lot of this stuff is like, well, like uh, like a store is a private business. Right. So then so you're not actually like if you go into a store and the police come because the store says something, it's trespassing. They're getting you on. Is it, it how does how does this apply in those terms? Um. So. So this uh, protects your right to say no to any uh, treatments or any anything medical whatsoever. You don't have mm-hmm. to. You don't even have to get your temperature taken. This sure. protects that right. Now, uh, that right is a class protected right. That's your religious rights or your conscientious objection. So then, to find out where those are protected in places of public accommodation, you can come over here to Chapter 16 for trade practices, labor, mm. and employment. Okay. And under labor and employment, you will find chapter 659A. Now, 659A is the Civil Rights Act of 1964 uh, codified into statute law. And there are, this is also 42 USC 2000 series. This is just Oregon's version of it. Our, Our laws were written based on federal laws and to further clarify federal laws. So our laws are very descriptive on what exactly discrimination is and where it's prohibited. It even, look in this one right here, 030, this one prevents an employer from printing any material. Right here. Hmm. They cannot even print any material that implies or infers a negative consequence or action for exercising your constitutionally protected rights. It doesn't even have to, it doesn't even have to be a direct discrimination. It it doesn't have to say uh, the masks are mandated to come in this, come to the store. They could say, please wear a mask or you may be refused service. Even the option for them to reserve to refuse you service is unlawful. Mm. They cannot imply or infer in any manner that you will be in trouble 
for exercising your rights. And so I guess, um, I mean, this will come back to kind of a fundamental thing um, that I think a lot of us have questioned this entire time is just all these uh, mandates and, you know, things that they're, they're pushing through. I mean, I think we've all thought they weren't lawful to begin with. Right. And, and we've, yeah. as and we've they, seen, as we've seen, like all these businesses that have supposedly received fines, I haven't heard of a single one actually paying a fine at this point. It feels like there's just a lot of uh, smoke and mirrors to get you to comply. Right. Like it's a lot, it's this illusion that's um, it's, that it feels like we're in a house of cards that, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it, someone pulls the wrong one, it all collapses because it's not right. lawful anyways. Right. Yes. And that's uh, kind of what's going to happen here coming up. But <laughs> House of cards, maybe. Uh, so here in state government, is this one also um, limits the governor. Under executive branch, you'll find the governor's chapter. This chapter outlines all of the duties of the governor, the powers of the governor, everything having to do with the governor. Mm. It's her, their whole chapter. And under uh, 176.795, actions authorized by proclamation under 176.785, which is the proclamation of state emergency. Actions authorized. Okay. Okay, that was what I was getting ready to ask you. Okay. So under actions authorized, this one little sentence right here totally disables her mandate. Wow. However, the governor may not order such curtailments, adjustments, or allocations which discriminate within any class of consumers. Hmm. There you go. Right yeah. there. Plain yeah. and simple. Because it does feel like, um, I mean, since we've called this state of emergency, and I don't think this is just uh, isolated in Oregon, but it feels like these governors, you know, are just writing their own playbook at this point, right? Like, it feels like that's yes. kind of across uh, the country. Yes, and they're doing it uh, counting on our ignorance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and honestly, the law enforcement's ignorance. That's that's the biggest problem uh, that I'm seeing is the law enforcement's ignorance. The people know they're being violated. Yeah. But uh, every officer I've talked to, every sheriff I've talked to, not a single one of them understand what a public accommodation is or what you're, what it means when your rights are protected to access a public accommodation. So one of the biggest arguments I get with uh, sheriffs that I've been talking to is that, uh, well, we're not enforcing the mask mandate, so no one's going to force you to wear it. And then we say, well, if we want to get into the courthouse, mm-hmm. uh, who's, who's going to protect us if we don't want to wear it? And they said, oh, well, we'll give you a criminal trespass if you don't wear it in there. Mm-hmm. So are you I able said, to... Okay, well... <laughs> well, I was I was curious. I was hoping if that was something that we were able to get into tonight. Are you able to yeah, kind of yeah, talk, about talk about that, that. your guys' mission that you're doing there? Because I got to, yeah. I had the opportunity to go with you guys on one, and I was hoping you can kind of tell yes. them what you're doing. It's so great. <laughs> so, and actually, you got to go with us yep. on a fantastic one. It was awesome. Uh, so we audited. This is Amy. Uh, we we audited uh, Lane County mm-hmm. and. We went to the courtrooms and they said, yeah, you got to wear a mask. So we went over. Oh, uh, we went to the trial, the court administrator of the building. Yeah. And he said, you have to wear a mask. And I said, well, our rights are protected by all these laws. And he said, "Okay, well, you have to fill out these waivers. Then I said, yeah, you don't have to ask for your rights. Mm -hmm. That's why they're your rights. I don't have to fill out a waiver and exemption or exemption. None of that. It's not you don't apply for your rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Okay, well, then you can't go in." And I said, "Okay, well, and then you broke the law." So we went downstairs to the sheriff's department yeah. and we asked them, uh, "So, do judges just get to decide who has rights and who doesn't before they even enter the courthouse, whether or not they're entering for a criminal matter or not?" And they said, in full confidence, "Yes." Mm-hmm. What? The judge gets to decide whether or not you have rights before you ever enter his courthouse, whether or not he's calling you in there for a crime or not. Yep. 
Exactly. That's what Lane County believes. Yep. Wow. Yep. And 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 I just want to like t- tell my my side of the story, not side of the story. Yeah. But like my, yeah, my, my, do it was, it. But it was really cool because uh, we have a mutual friend. Shout out to Angie, little freedom fighter out there, dude. Big shouts to Angie. But uh, put us in contact and like basically. Um, you know, I didn't know what you guys were doing. Like, like, I was like super excited. You know, it was all shrouded in mystery about what you guys were doing. I'm like, all right, yeah, I, wanna, I, yeah, I feel like it's. All, I feel like these guys are like doing something big, and I'm really excited. You know what I mean? Big and peaceful. Big and peaceful. Don't anybody get any ideas out there. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so so you guys were like, yeah, well, we'll just come down to Eugene and we'll like go audit the courthouse. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. All right. Like uh, I was thinking, you know, obviously when I, when nowadays the connotation being like, you know, something like voting audit or something like that. Right. And so I'm like, right. Right. We're going to go like count votes. Like what are we, I had no idea. And then so I met were down. Yeah. I was, I was like, like, whatever, like a good mission. Wh- whatever these guys are doing, I'm down. Let's do it. So, so I met you guys in front of the courthouse and you're like, all right, let's go audit this place. And sure enough, we just walked right damn past security. And well, security knew right away that, that they were, it was, this is, this was a, uh, this was a situation that they didn't really want to have anything to do with, you know, and we just basically said, are you going to let us in without masks? And they're like, no, we're like, okay, well, we're going to go in without masks because it's all right. You have your book with all the laws written right there in plain English, you know, and we, so we went through security, no mask, walked up to the clerk's office and just basically said like, and then just, and then, and exactly what you described, you know, basically putting it on them and, and just getting, just seeing what their reaction would be to that. And sure enough, they fell right into the trap. Now, one of the things that really caught my attention is, is you mentioned the idea of coercion. Um, so these people by doing this, they, they, they are indicting themselves on coercion and to one degree or another. Yes. Can you, can you explain that to us? I would love to. Yes. So coercion here is 163.275 and it is one of my favorite laws. Yes. Now. Um, so a person commits a crime of coercion when the person compels or induces another person to engage in conduct from which the other person has a legal right to abstain. Oh. So putting on a mask, yeah, you have a legal right to abstain from that yeah, or to abstain from engaging in conduct in which the other person has a legal right to engage, such as accessing a public accommodation without a mask by means of instilling in the other person a fear that if the other person refrains from the conduct compelled or induced or engages in conduct contrary to the compulsion or inducement, the actor or another person will um, engage in conduct constituting a crime. So they're trying to tell you that if you don't put a mask on, you're committing a crime. Mm. So they're, they're violating subsection D right there and E at the same time falsely accuse a person of a crime or cause criminal charges to be instituted against the person. So I'm actually have that going on. And then uh, G testify falsely or provide false information. So if someone calls the police on you Mm. for not wearing a mask, they are testifying falsely. They're providing false information with respect to my or someone else's legal claim of their rights. Sure. I have the right to abstain. And then, yeah. And then subsection H, which is my favorite one, because mm-hmm. it just it gets them so well. Unlawfully use or abuse the person's position as a public servant by performing some act within or related to official duties, or by failing or refusing to perform an act or an official duty in such manner as to affect some person adversely. Mm. So if there is one person in the state who is affected adversely by being forced to wear a mask. Every single official in the state has coerced their duties. Wow. There you go. I'm totally on, I'm totally down. Classy felony, baby. Look at that. <laughs> Period. Just it's that simple. Yep. It, by failing to do their duties. So one of the one of the duties of every employee of the state of Oregon is that um, well here it says right here in six fifty nine A. I just want to uh, say too, real quick, anybody that's just listening to the audio version of the podcast, I know most of our listeners are just listening on like iTunes or Spotify, but if you guys want to hop on and watch the video version, Paulie's taking us through, uh, that we're, we got the screen share going and he's taking us through, literally showing us each one of these statutes and laws right on the screen here. So if you go over to rockfin.com forward slash Truezilla, you get the full experience on this mm-hmm. one. So anyways, go so, ahead. Yeah, no problem. 659A.006 is the Declaration of Policy Against Unlawful Discrimination. It is declared to be public policy of Oregon that practices of unlawful discrimination against any of its inhabitants because of race, color, religion, 
or conscientious objection. Those are mm. the same thing. Yeah. It's your conscientious beliefs, uh, sex, sexual orientation, national origin, marital status, age, disability, or familial status are a matter of state concern. And that this discrimination not only threatens the rights and privileges of its inhabitants, but menaces the institution and foundations of a free democratic state. So that is saying that it is a concern of Oregon. So because of that little bit of wording there, they have uh, put into statutes under every person's jobs that um, they have a duty mm -hmm. to at least report unlawful discriminatory conduct. And it, it depends on which section of government service you're in. If you hold, uh, if you're a court officer, so such as an attorney or a judge, um, you have a duty to stop this, meaning you have to act against it, not just ignore it. If you're a sheriff, you have to act against it. You can't just ignore it. If you're a police officer or a mayor or a councilman, if you're in any supervisory role, or any uh, lawfully uh, judicial role you must act against uh, discrimination or you are coercing your duties. You are unlawfully using or abusing your position by failing or refusing to perform your duties in such a manner as to affect some person adversely. Mm -hmm. So if you sign up for that job and you take that oath to our country and our state, you better act on it. Or you're committing coercion. It's a felony. You're stealing our money. We're the ones paying you. You're yep. stealing our money to not do your duties. Absolutely. Any other job, you'd be fired. Yep. Yep. So I know one of the things that we talked about when we were when we met up was like standing, right? So you, yep. I mean, you mentioned how you were, uh, you know, you know, in your personal life, like you were told that you didn't have any standing. So, so if they're in dereliction of their duties, what does that what does that mean for them as public officials having standing? Uh, well, they, they don't have any, uh, standing yeah. now, whether or not the courts recognize that is yeah. another question, Yeah. but, yeah. um, without going too much sure, into sure, what sure. I have going on, yep, I have exactly. not seen any other presentation of what I will be presenting. I've never seen anyone fight the way I'm planning on fighting it. And I haven't even seen probably 80% of the laws I know about that should be cited in most of these cases that are not cited. Yeah. This and is all so, new information I, to me. You know, it's like we've talked to lawyers on this show, you know what I mean? And none, none of this has been uh, brought to light. And as far as I know, and yeah, I'm, so, I'm involved in like all these channels too. Like I'm on like telegram, like all these damn channels, you know, and everyone's <laughs> tossing around laws and all this stuff and all these different like back doors and strategies and, Oh, we can get them with this. Oh, we can get them with that. But like none of this has ever come up. So, well, one of the things with law, to my understanding of it, is, um, you know, like, unless there's been a case of this where, you know, in this sure. state, we've been able to come up with a case against an official or a public servant for a dereliction of duties or coercion or these other things, then this becomes a case, um, you know, anybody who's arguing these points, which are, are the righteous points, yeah. it is the law, mm -hmm. but to be able to actually stand it and to be able to have a win on that would be a precedent setting yep. case. And that would be a huge it, domino it push forward. Um, so yeah. isn't, isn't there a case right now against Kate Brown? Was it the, the firefighters or who's Maybe. suing? There's some, the, yeah, the yeah, so they, they are. So, and that's where the vaccine mandate, right? See, I, I kind of feel the same way about all the lawsuits we're seeing as I do the police officers' actions. So like the OSP and firefighter lawsuit, they those guys sued Kate Brown only for the protection of state employees. Mm. Yeah. Now those are all why why? Yeah. 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 <laughs> What about everybody else? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, I guess one of the things we, we, where you were just going over here, though, too, is um, and just like, you know, I mean, how this applies to masks is one thing, but also like the vaccine is almost like, I mean, well, I said the masks lead to the vaccine, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. but but the yeah. vaccine is kind of the pressing issue for those of us who like, you know, my my job has 104 employees, right? Oh, no. So so we're about to find out whether they're going to comply and discriminate against us, right? So like we haven't found out yet, but I, I went and talked to HR and gave them at least where I stand, I said, I would like to be included in this conversation rather than hear your decision. Oh, so, that's great. Um, uh -huh. so, so we'll see what happens there. But, you know, when I hear this stuff though, like one of the things, I mean, you know, I've, 
my my daughter's just uh you know in kindergarten right and i said just to just for her to go to school i had to watch this stupid ass video to 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 get her out of the, the propaganda the, the propaganda vaccine, vaccine and video and they don't tell you anything true isn't it garbage no it's totally all yeah. garbage but just to like just to you, you know um just to not have to vaccinate her to go to school and to, to be fair we gave her some and that we were seeing bad effects so we stopped right and so now you know they better, they feel that they have the right to make me watch this this video so, so I can just put so that her, you're allowed to sign the paper that says no that I'm not doing. And, it. and we're even we're even like what our schooling is would technically be considered fucking homeschool anyways. Right. So it's completely ludicrous. Mm-hmm. But um, how does that apply? I mean, did, shouldn't that be coercion right there? Oh yes, definitely. And it's actually uh, so this actually falls under international human rights law as torture and cruel and inhumane treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But. So uh, 659.850 is the non-discrimination in education and public institutions. So that's the one that protects your, your, your right to protect your children in education. What one did you say it was? 659, which one? 659.850. So he just knows them off the top of his head. Like, I know. I just, even... I was trying to yeah, write. You're, you're, you're trying like... to watch it on the screen. You're like, oh, no, no, no. He knows all these off the top yeah, of his head. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. <laughs> we were so, sitting there at and dinner he... and he was just like, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm writing all of it down. Like, this is so badass. <laughs> yeah. So here on the screen, I've got uh, these are the OARs, the Oregon Administrative Rules. Okay. And so that's what Kate Brown and OHA is using to force the mask mandate on everybody. Well, this is still an active Oregon Health Authority rule right here. And this is their non-discrimination policy. And it says right in their own policies that they're not allowed to do what they're doing. Okay, so what do we got here? So this is uh, number three there is jumping out at me. The authority shall not apply criteria, standards, or practices that screen out or tend to screen out individuals in a protected class from fully or equally enjoying any goods, programs, services, or activities. There you go. Unless... And, and I'm just I'm going to uh, play a little bit of devil's advocate not to try to sound too cynical. But um, I mean, I just think the questions that but, people are asking. Yeah, I mean, when I think of like the Oregon Health Authority, I mean, they, they should. I mean, if the Oregon Health Authority and OSHA and all the I mean, you just look I mean, the, the science we know on masks. I mean, you can look at the, the carbon dioxide levels. They're I mean, in violation everything, of their own every, policies. Yeah, their own policies from, right from the get go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So like they knew when they implemented these these things that they were already against everything that they stood for in the first place. So it just seems to me like they just don't give a shit. Like that's, that's my take on like the government and our regulating yeah. agencies right now. Is and the they courts. don't, they don't give a shit. Yeah, they don't. Um, but I think, so I think part of that problem is that a lot of the stuff that's going into the course to try to stop this stuff is going on the premise that they're trying to stop this stuff, which mm-hmm. brings in a lot of um, public opinion and uh, just public weight on the issues, which the left and the MSM are really loud with. They can scream about a lot. As soon as, as soon as we're taking action against Kate Brown, suddenly you can have tons of Antifa and BLM and Democrats all just crying about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Kind of the beauty about what I got going on is that it comes across as completely unrelated. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. absolutely. Good. Yeah, good. <laughs> so, oh man. I mean, it, it feels. Yeah. I mean, I see a, almost a bigger picture where, like the like the the long term social engineering of the cancel culture has come into play, right? And that's what we're we're yeah. seeing. We're seeing like right now. You, as, as soon as you get that court of public opinion in there, you're just fucked, right? Because mm-hmm. if you don't align with these exact principles, you're immediately canceled and shot down. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Yeah. Or I like what you were just saying there about how like you can mount a defense and it seems like maybe some of these legal strategies that are being mounted are, are, are designed to just like give the impression that they're doing something about it without any real weight behind it, you know, or even like, you know, we look at some of these politicians, like everyone's like, oh, Rand Paul and whatever the other guys like Jim Jordan, they're like, yeah, they're going to save the day. But it's like, no, they're just playing their role too, to a certain degree. You know what I mean? And it's like, to and me, we're, we're just watching something with like Nicki Minaj, the whole Nicki Minaj thing. Are you, following, are you following that at all? It's like, it's like the same thing. It's like, you know, we were watching some commentator. What was that guy's yeah. name? We were watching? Uh, Yoji MD. Yoji MD watching this little live stream he was doing right before this. And he was making a great point saying like, 
she would not be making those statements if they didn't want her to. Like, yeah, she totally. is out there to create division. Like, it's all just smokescreen illusion theater. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. it's just, it's just yep. beautiful. And so, we're trying to get, we're trying to blow past that, man. And you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, I was stuck for a long time on just decoding what's in the news, like yeah. trying to figure out what's going on with uh, Trump and the White Hats and everything. Um, but I'm also a big believer in that he was very serious and when he said he was returning power to the people. Mm. And I always use the analogy that you cannot hand something to someone if they are not willing to accept it. Mm-hmm. It will just fall on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, or if they're not willing to take it. Yeah. And so if you, if he's sitting there trying to hand us the American flag back and we're all just standing around researching information, that's not going to get us anywhere. We already know they're all criminals. We know what, we know what they've done. We know how horrible they are. Yeah. And that, and we're still just stuck on this continuous research loop. And so at the beginning of this year, I started uh, asking myself, well, what can I, what can I research? What can I learn about that I can use? And so that's what, that's what got me into um, learning a bunch of the law again. Um, I mean, I had already researched it last year, but the beginning of this year really, really started diving into it. And then um, everybody kept telling me, well, yeah, but they ignore the law, but they ignore the law. And that public opinion is such a big, a big deal. So that's when I got started on doing these audits and exposing these uh, police officers and sheriffs who claim to be upholding the law and just gung ho guys that are standing up to this horrible tyrant. Well, me, when I took my oath to go serve overseas, it wasn't even a question of whether or not I was willing to go die for what the contract I signed. That was a very obvious risk to signing that contract is that I could go overseas and die. Mm -hmm. Now they signed all these same contracts to protect us here at home. It's the same oath. Mm -hmm. And all these guys are afraid of tiny little Kate Brown. And I would say even possibly worse. I mean, like, uh, you know, I mean, I kind of have like the fear, like I haven't seen as much here of the law enforcement acting as terribly as I've say seen on the Internet. But Mm -hmm. like I mean, we're I've been looking. I think we've all had our eyes on Australia a lot lately and what's going on there. And and I mean, the, the law enforcement is enforcing the, the things I'm scared of happening here. Mm-hmm. Like the, they will, like, yep. will they do it here? Probably like, even though like, I, I feel like the, the ones I have personal connections to seem like, uh, you know, good people that I don't think, uh, would, would do that to their citizens. Why is it working over in Australia right now? That's what I'm asking myself. Why is it working? Why are they like complete authoritarian governments just using their, uh, their police force against their own people and they're doing it? Well, you know, like each yes. culture and each heritage and each place in the world has their own way of doing things. And just like Afghanistan is going to have a whole way of dealing with their citizens than Australia. And even though we very much are you giggling at me? No, 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 you're great. No, you're okay. great. So mate, for me, those of you that are familiar with the show, I'm very, very, very sensitive and self-conscious about the sound quality, right? I'm almost trying to try to strive for sound quality. Oh, am I bumping the table? Is that why you're watch, smiling? Watch out the microphone I'm cables. Sorry. Watch out. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm just sorry. Like, I'm just standing here. Like people watching, like they probably people watching on the video okay. are probably seeing me going like this. Like, yeah, Scott was giving me like a look, and I was like, "Am I? Did I take us way off the rails? Why no, are you looking great. at me you're like great, that?" You're great. You're okay. great. I'm just looking at your hands. I'm like, "Oh um, God, oh God." But I was just gonna say the whole oppression that they're going through, and the idea that their citizens, or rather that their police force, is acting this out against their citizens, and the citizens aren't reacting the way that we maybe think that Americans would react. But I really think that that goes back to the whole, I mean, there is a cultural change. And even though the United States, we always align ourselves like, oh, we're just like Australia. They're just like us. But there are huge differences in the way that they run their society. And I think that that's one of the ways they've been able to push it um, harder there. And I- They took their guns too. They did. And the other thing- um, 
And the other thing, too, I think that um, at some point it's going to be like how we lost nurses. You know, they said no at some point and the and the hospitals are letting people go. And I think that at some point it's going to be that way with the men and women in law enforcement. Yeah. They're going to say, uh, no, that's a bridge too far. I signed up to protect these people, not to oppress or hurt or harm or hold them down. And they're going to step back. And people who are willing to do that. I mean, potentially. I, I'm so doomsday. See, like, I don't I mean, want I don't them to need, step down. I, yeah. I want them to turn their gun around on the people yeah. that are. Yeah, yeah. I, they don't need to step down. Do. That we pay them totally to, to, to turn around on us. the people that yeah. are commanding them. I know unlawfully. exactly. Yeah. I just can't imagine what that would be like. I mean, it, these are as much. I mean. It, like you, Scott, how it was I mean, at they, work. It's hard to get people to rally to your way of thinking, and especially in a position like that, and have everyone stand up with you, especially in those positions. I just, I can't really imagine the pressure. And if the people above you are saying, yes, you're going to do this, otherwise you don't come to work tomorrow, we pull your badge, you don't. I just can't, like I say, this is what I've said right from the start, too. Even though they're collectively oppressing us, they're coming after us one at a time. So it can't just be one police officer standing in an administrator's office. And you know what I mean? So that's kind of, and we've talked about this whole divide. The divide, yes, left, right, yes, vax, anti-vax. But more the divide of um, being able to actually just, like, speak up in the ways like you're talking about. Yeah. Really. yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh one of the things I want to say on will the police do that here or not? Uh, so the the criminal charges I got were written by four police officers from the town I live in that I've worked out with for the previous four years before this whole COVID thing. I know these guys. Yeah. That's, and they're the ones that criminally charged me for trespassing for not wearing a mask. Just wearing a mask in a public space. Because yeah. I was asking the employees if they would get in trouble if they took theirs off. Wow. Yeah. That's why that's why I got trespassed, because I was asking the employees if they would get in trouble if they took theirs off. And wow. the store director said that I was harassing her. And they ran with it, no problem. Yeah. Wow. Literally been working out with these guys yeah. for the last couple of years. Yeah. At the YMCA here in Sherwood. Yeah. And so it's like it's, you know. Uh, following orders, so, and and these are guys, these are the same guys that I would have been defending as good cops. Yeah, had they not totally. charged me, surely I would have been like, oh no, those guys are those guys are great. I talk to them all the time. They're totally conservative. Yeah, they're we we live in a conservative town. Yeah, and they yep. did this. Yep, I'll totally. I've stood face to face, eyeball to eyeball, <laughs> with police and like in Salem, and I don't feel like they have our best interests at heart whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Like in fact, one of the rallies last summer we went to, like they were straight beating people that were uh, on our side like you know shooting shooting paint well they shooting paintballs at that point i think i think I yeah know, but i know that it, sh it sure it sure dude. and i it was it's still sort of unbelievable but it sure did seem like they were working with antifa yeah yeah they had some weird like, like little honey pot traps set they up really with, like, did. i was, it was i was like is yeah, this really yeah, happening in front of us like yeah, yeah. we just like we were like on the block like we were a block ahead when they watching sprung it. their trap like they were waiting for all of us to walk by and they had a little crowd of antifa kids standing there waiting for well, a couple proud boys. A couple proud boys went over and engaged them, and then right then, boom! Cops just swooped in, like they were just laying in wait for us. But not, at, but not Antifa though. Not Antifa. Yeah, they just went straight after yeah. The, yeah. The, the lockdown protesters. So, man, I was having this conversation yeah, yeah. last night, and I with uh, Cheney actually, and I was just like, I really lost some faith. I don't know, and I and I know that that's not a blanket statement for all of law enforcement. So don't get me wrong. I get it. I get it. But like, I just never even occurred to me like i don't know well, i guess yeah i kind part of, of was the, part of the agenda is to get all of the conservative free-minded people out of law enforcement so then mm -hmm. you're only left with the social justice warriors right that are willing to, to enforce yep. all the new world order stuff yep, and, and the yeah and the reality is, is we should hold them to a higher standard yeah they're, they're supposed to yeah they're, i mean they they signed the contract of volunteering to be held to that yes, higher standard yes yeah well, we didn't force them to sign those contracts we didn't force them to volunteer to take that badge and that honor yeah and we didn't we didn't tell them to break the laws and not do their job. Yeah. We told yep. them to do their job because they signed that contract voluntarily. Exactly. Totally. Right. totally. And if they don't, they're stealing our money. Totally. <laughs> Period. Yeah, totally. totally. So yeah. do you remember at the beginning of the lockdown, like very shortly into it, um, when those two oh, uh, yeah. state police officers oh, yeah. went into the coffee shop or wherever and they weren't masked? 
And um, it was like a big deal that got blown up in the media. And then the next thing was Kate Brown had them masked up and they took a big photo of them all like humbled behind their masks. She pulled them into her office. Into her office. They they made a whole whole public with the Oregonian there. Yeah. Taking pictures of the Taking pictures of the, yeah. And I'm just like, so it's those kind of things right there. Will they, will they make that article? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a whole thing. I'll send it to you. Um, But that is just stuff like that where they make these examples. Yeah. Of totally, you know, like they they're taking like the average person. Like we all think, okay, the highest echelon of law enforcement around us is that's the state police. They're the highest. Like it, you know, the average person to me is like, okay, it goes like local police, and then it goes state police, and then it goes like the courts, and then it goes like the governor. So they made this huge example of these two officers saying that this wasn't constitutional. They weren't essentially, you know, they went to go get coffee, Mm. and yeah, that she just completely humiliated them. It was. And, and then I, she went on vacation on Hawaii. She did. Yeah, and yeah, she was exactly. hiking without her mask. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember those? Yeah, with her okay. armed security. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah. Uh, all right. So, Paulie, I got, I got a few questions here. So um, yeah. unless there's anything else you want to make sure we, we, we get into here. But I do have a uh, I just want to say real quick, yeah. uh, if you want to see another one of my audits, I have one pinned to my profile okay. on my Facebook page. Okay. Perfect. Paulie Audis. Polyotis. Well, I'll put links in the show description yep. below so anybody can go down and look for the Facebook link. That'll take you directly to his Facebook page. So awesome. And, and that's one of the things I want to talk about. So the first thing, though, was um, you mentioned he gave us all the tools we needed. And I remember from our conversation, you're talking about Trump. Trump enacted yep. some things that gave the power back to the people. Can you kind of elaborate on what it is uh, that, that you're seeing that we can run off of out of what he gave us? So uh, he told us we have it all. Uh, from the very beginning yeah. and we have had it all it's all in the laws and gotcha. pub- public records everything that everything that our corrupt government does is recorded on public record now nobody uses these public records for some reason to charge any of these guys but he also tells us there is the rule of law uh, we have to get everything on port port record uh, legally in a lawful manner um, so we can't break the law while we're trying to uphold the rule of law mm. And so how do you get things into a court if they won't file any claims? Well, you have to follow Trump's example and become the target of the court. Mm. And then you have access to the court records. And then you can enter evidence on the court records legally. There you go. And once it's entered on the and once it's entered in the court records and fraud is recognized in the courts, that's that's how they that's how they negate charges is based on the fraud of a claim. If the claim is not true, it's a fraudulent claim. And therefore there's the charges dismissed. One thing they have not done for a very long time is they don't continue the cycle of justice. So once a charge is dropped and someone is found innocent, well, usually those charges stem from somebody else who's unlawfully claiming that that person broke the law. So why are the criminals getting let go for all of these attacks on us, even though we end up being let go because the charges aren't true? Like, what about the other half of it? Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's, um, I have found a method in our laws that allow us to do exactly that. It allows us to turn, turn the court around on them. Wow. Amazing. 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 All right. So back to the audits a little bit, because that was so much fun. And you guys have been going around all over Oregon doing it. Now, one of the things that like, you know, so like, for example, like Douglas County Sheriff, right? Mm -hmm. Or Lynn County Sheriff, right? They're making all these public proclamations and issuing these open letters, signing at the bottom with their Sheriff's Office Department letterhead saying, we will never enforce these COVID mandates. And look at me, I'm so special. And I'm like fighting here for all the Americans and for freedom. What's the reality yeah. of that? Now, we kind of touched on that, but those specific ones, I remember Lynn and Douglas specifically, they made these proclamations and it was going around all the telegram groups like, oh, look, Lynn County, they're going to never yep. enforce any of it. So tell us about them. So uh, Douglas County, I just happened to do the day after uh, Amy and I were visiting Paul Romero, who's a governor candidate here in Oregon. And he lives in Douglas County. Okay. So that's why we that's why we went there right after visiting him. And um, he was pretty excited. We were all pretty excited that Douglas County had put out this letter because theirs actually uh, stated that this conduct was unlawful. They recognized it as unlawful. 
So we went to them and we went to the courts and of course they were enforcing it there at the courts where we expected them to. And in Douglas County, the sheriff's office is directly across the hallway from the courts. So you go and if you go down the hallway, you take a right into the courts, you got to put a mask on, you take a left into the sheriff's office, no masks anywhere. They can't even explain why they're enforcing them on the other side of the hall. <laughs> wow. Wow. But they'll claim all day long on the left side that they're not going to enforce them. You go over to the right side, and those same people will enforce them <laughs> while claiming they won't enforce them. Yeah. So, so and meanwhile, you go on their Facebook, and it's just it's hundreds or thousands even of hearts and likes and people just praising these guys. And they don't even understand that they are still just stealing our money because the if if the courts can control the sheriffs, the state that's essentially saying that the state controls the sheriffs and the sheriffs are supposed to be the chief executive yeah. officers of yeah. their counties. They do have no one controlling them except for the people that they answer to. Yeah. Now I'm going to share another screen totally. with you real quick here. Cause I just remembered this nifty little law. Um, and this is under local governments and counties and county officers and the sheriffs. Mm. So this one is excusing liability of sheriff in execution of process. So no direction or authority by a party or the attorney of the party to a sheriff or the officer of the sheriff in respect to the execution of process or return thereof or to any act or omission relating thereto can be shown to discharge or excuse the sheriff from a liability for neglect or misconduct unless it is contained in a writing signed by the party to be charged or affected thereby or the attorney of the party. Okay. So break, break so that down for me. That for means that no one can excuse a sheriff's liability for violating someone's rights mm. other than the aggrieved party themselves. Okay. Perfect. And because this violates everybody in the county's rights, each sheriff needs to get every single constituent's grace on being forgiven to excuse their liability. If one person in the county feels wronged by that sheriff and they want them to face charges, that sheriff has to face charges. Interesting. That's and that's why sheriffs carry so much power to protect their constituents because they are directly responsible for every single person in their county and protecting their rights. And that's why only the person aggrieved can excuse the sheriff from liability. I don't get to, I don't get to say, yeah, you're forgiven sheriff. I, I I'll forgive you for the guy over there, even yep. though you ruined his whole fucking life. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All because you're doing your duties. Yep. Yep. Supposedly. So the charges that could be brought against these uh, people breaking these laws and statutes, they would be, um, like private lawsuits then. I mean, because otherwise what we would be talking about is criminal. assuming, that, well, um, but, to, but to have criminal charges, you would have to have a district attorney agree to try the case, hmm. agree to bring the charges. That has to pass also through. Unless the, unless you can get into the court system another way. There you go. Unless and then you, and then you bring criminal charges, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. theoretically. Theoretically. So, hmm. so okay, one of the things uh, I'll really, oh, go ahead, go ahead. It's not really a theory. But yeah, yeah, I'm not totally. gonna I'm not gonna uh, cite the statute on here because I don't want. Totally, no worries. How about this? Grabbing it. How about this? One of the things that I found. Time. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> One of the things I found very fascinating. Don't worry, folks. I know all of you listening. We're gonna do some follow up. Don't worry, don't worry. But just hold, just hold your horses. Yes, there will be much more exposure yeah, yeah. coming. Keep 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 hanging on to the Truthville podcast. We're gonna bring it to you live. We're gonna bring it to the front lines, baby. So anyway, <laughs> one of the th one of the things that I found really cool that you were mentioning is how there's a law talking about how Oregon laws have to be written and to make it so more accessible to just the common person. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. So under our uh, legislative section, uh, we have a statute uh, also in the executive department, uh, chapter 180, uh, 183 specifically, number 750 states that all public writings must be in as clear and simple wording as possible. And so if you keep that in mind and look at our education statutes, our education statutes require us to graduate uh, productive and competitive members of society. Not anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. It, they used to. Yeah, yeah, used to. <laughs> yeah. And so 
the combination of those two laws says by law, high school students can understand Oregon law. You can't have a productive and competitive member of society that cannot understand clear and simple wording. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, uh, it's it's a checks and balance system on our own laws that allow pro se litigation to retain its standing in courts. Pro se litigation is supposed to be one of the most, uh, most protected rights of the people is to represent yourself so that you don't have these corrupt organizations such as the bar mm-hmm. controlling your entire life. Yeah. 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 And something you were saying too, is that like, you know, the people that wrote these laws decades, decades ago, generations ago, they kind of t- tell me about that. Like, you remember we were talking about that? So, like they, they anticipated yes. something like this happening. So in, in 1946, uh, the legislature was very red at the time. We were a very, very red state at the time. And it was right after the bar came into America, 13 years after the bar took over America in 1933. And they had to have seen what was happening because it was those guys who wrote in the statute that I'm talking about that allows me to turn the court around on the corrupt government. And then they revised the statutes again in 1953. And um, when they did that, they rescinded all laws in Oregon to to uh, get rid of the original legislative intents of the laws and then reestablished all the same laws with the legislative intent of promoting personal responsibility, accountability, and security for the people. Um, and then in between 1971 and 1977, a whole bunch more modifications were made after the Watergate scandal to uh, redefine our racketeering and official misconduct laws. And I can tell you right now that they are very, very favorable to our cause. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. It's amazing that they imagine that they actually foresaw something like this happening. It's beautiful. Um, so our, our racketeering definitions, for example, include government entities. They specifically list government entities, agents thereof. And so if there, if the U.S. or if the Oregon Treasury is affected in any way by any uh, false charge, that is a racketeering charge. Hmm. If there are two instances of it, it becomes an unlawful pattern of racketeering activity. Beautiful, beautiful. And there is no, so you can say, I didn't know I was breaking the law all you want, but cops don't care when you yeah. tell them that. Totally. And we're not going to give them that excuse either. Totally. Totally. So, all right. So as this story continues to unfold, right? And and as people are out there in various parts of the country, let's just, I mean, to, for America, I can't really speak to what's going, going on in very, any other countries, even though we have a lot of listeners all over the world, you know, as far as other states, you know, what can they learn? You know, what can they learn? I know you were saying something about how they can take what we have as law or statutes here and apply it to their uh, district or jurisdiction as well, right? Yes. So in your respective states or courts or your law systems, you'll want to find the law that is titled or similarly titled law that is judicially noticed. And that law will describe to you what laws you can use from other courts in your courts to affect the intent of your defense or action. Okay. So you can bring in like international human rights law Mm. or so Oregon, for instance, accepts law from any courts in the world. So long as they are fall in line with our constitution, you can't use like a tyrannical state's law Mm. to what about the nuremberg code yeah (laughs) yes yes you can use the nuremberg code you can use the brussels convention the hague convention the geneva convention the united nations conventions against torture act uh international red cross human right international human rights law um totally literally literally any of them if they protect your constitutional rights and your standing as a natural person and the protections that come with that they're listed out in every single one of those jurisdictions they're listed out in the law of war manual um they're listed in the ucmj and federal law both constitutions um a lot of the states that i've actually 
uh, dug into a little bit, like Missouri and Alabama, they actually have protections in those states for religious objection to vaccines as well. Mm -hmm. They're hidden. They're hidden pretty well. They're hard to find, but you can find them. And that means you don't need an exemption or an exception. That means you need to put your employer on notice, file a discrimination complaint, which uh, once that is filed, that prohibits your employer from retaliation, meaning Mm -hmm. you can go back to work without a mask or a vaccine until that investigation is complete. And if they don't, they are breaking more laws. And even though you might not be able to charge those guys criminally, that gives you standing for uh, civil action, like you were mentioning, Meg. So you can then file claims on these people. Once you get three claims on a bond or uh, security for these officials' positions, the insurance company will almost always drop the bond. Yeah. So you get three people to file a claim against the same official, and that will vacate their office. Wow. So um, does that work, say, outside of the, the healthcare field? Like, so, um, you know, I mean, uh, sorry. Even in the healthcare field. What's that? Even in the healthcare field. And I'm saying outside the healthcare field, like, you know, like like I said, I have a, I'm in a business that has 104 employees. If they are trying to uh, force the injection or weekly testing, um, mm-hmm. if, if uh, can I, uh, I I'm sure I, I kind of lose the wording a little bit, but could I? Uh, file against them. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So as a business owner, you would file with like Bureau of Labor and Industries or the federal government's EEOC website, and you would file against whichever entity is um, sending you the documentation saying that you have to do this. Sure. And then you would um, send your receipt from your complaint along with our state or federal or duress letters, depending on which ones you're using back to the entity that's telling you that you have to enforce all of this. And then you would just ignore them. There you go. Well, I may need to follow up you with don't you need a little permission bit. To do what, yeah, you don't certainly. need permission to be free. You just say, listen, you guys are the ones breaking the law. I'm putting you on notice. I'm reporting you and you're not allowed to retaliate against me anymore. Yeah. Have a good day. That's the go. end of this. Yeah. Bam. Love it. Love it. We're no. the bosses. Yeah. Not yeah. them. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. <laughs> yes, great. yes, yes. Um, so real quick. So from your analysis like i know that like so for example my former employer the people that dirtbag me right you know we talked about mm-hmm. all that um now they're making employees fill out exception forms where you know we've up until this point thought well i thought we were filling out religious exemptions and now i know there's been some concern what like in the Oregonians for medical freedom group there there's a lot of discussion and i know some Friends of mine who still work at that agency have reached out asking me, you know, what what what's the difference between these two? Am I walking into a trap by filling out an exception as opposed to an exemption? Yeah. Or what are your thoughts on that? Um, both are honestly traps. Yeah. Um, an exception is asking for permission. So what you're saying by asking for an exception is you're agreeing that what they're doing is lawful, but you need permission uh. to do what you want to do. And that's not the case. Yeah. And then an exemption is also saying that what they're doing is lawful, but you're exempt from it uh, for some reason other than being a protected class member. Wow. So if there's if you're in a protected class, such as religion, race, like yeah. you, if you're black, you don't need to get an exemption to go into certain stores. Yeah, totally. Exactly. So if you're a Christian and you don't want to deal with this, you don't need to get an exemption to go back to work. It's totally. the same thing. If, you, if you're a man or a woman and you want to go into a store and they're not going to allow you just because you're a man or a woman, that's the same thing. You don't need an exemption or an exception. Yeah. yeah. These are all protected class rights and they're trying to erase the conscientious objection. Right. They're trying to tell you that you do not have the right to say no. Yep. Yep. Which is fascism, tyranny, I mean, authoritarianism. There's, like, there's no doubt. That's what yeah. they want. Yep. <laughs> we all agree on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I would love to see that uh, shift through the courts. Um, we'll see. Yeah, you know, totally. Yeah. I get a, um, I get a bit blackpilled. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be putting it on the, the judge and prosecutor, too. I mean, I'm going to be telling them, look, it's, it's your guys' call what you want to do here and which team you want to be on. You can do the right thing and help us the people or you can sit there as criminals and watch as we do the right thing without you yep yeah. exactly well yeah. said exactly certainly <laughs> man man so right on well Polly, as we're winding down here is there anything else that you want to make sure that our listeners hear this time around because i'm sure we'll have follow-up conversations very soon 
Uh, yeah, I would just say stick around for the follow-up conversations yes. because they are going to get a lot juicier. Yeah, and this ain't just Q <laughs> stuff. This ain't Q stuff. I, I, this, is, this is real deal. This is real deal stuff. You, you taught me well, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying, like, like this is... This is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, actually, you know, one other thing I wanted to ask you about. So this is yeah. an amazing thing that you what we were just discussing too. So it's all about like, okay, so how far do we want to take it? Now that we have this little framework of like using the actual laws, actually I have two things, two things, using the actual laws um, against them, you know, uh, first of all, what is it about like high school diplomas, like high school diplomas, like how, how can we go after the education department if we, if we really wanted to, if we really wanted to take it to that level? Okay. So you would essentially call a uh, breach of bond on any uh, school officials that you want to target. Um, and I, I'll get you some links and some more information on uh, the claims on bonds and stuff like that. We're working with uh, NATF, which is National Action Task Force, okay. which was put together by a guy named Mark Emery, who is a contract law lawyer. And it's actually one of his videos that made me realize I could do exactly what I'm doing through the court system. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're working with him on getting a bunch of these claims, uh, ready and together so that we can start going after these guys. Um, but one of the requirements for graduating high school is having at least four years of constitutional and U S history. Now they don't require that in any public schools right now in Oregon. Um, so what, what they're doing when they create a, public high school transcript, which is a public record without that legally required class, that transcript cannot be a true transcript. You cannot be a graduate of Oregon high school without the legally required courses. So if they're saying you graduated without constitutional and us history, then you didn't actually graduate because you don't have it. <laughs> oh, so I'm not a high school graduate. Damn it. No, that's all right. That's so all right. now all of these high school records that they're pumping out are not actually diplomas. They are incomplete diplomas that they are claiming are complete diplomas and putting a seal on. So now these are becoming false public records. And under forgery one, section E, a public record can be a forgery one document. There so you go. if and a, and a forgery document is a falsified document. So they can't create legitimate high school diplomas without four years of constitutional and U.S. history on them. And because they cannot create legitimate ones, they are creating false high school diplomas at an alarming rate. That's a lot of forgery. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Millions <laughs> and then, of And then people. And so all of us are unknowingly using forged documents to secure employment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. And those same forged high school diplomas that should tell everybody that we know four years of constitutional and U.S. history, which would put the police on the same playing field that we're on right now. They would know the laws, they would know the rights, and they would know their duties, but they don't. So now all these guys with fake high school diplomas are becoming police officers mm. where they should know the law and they don't because the high schools have failed them. Mm -hmm. Totally. And who's in charge of the high schools? Superintendent of Education is the governor. Oh boy! All right, beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. All right. So last last thing I have um, is so you know my question I asked you when we were hanging out is like you know why you know how, like how, why hasn't like a lawyer or anybody gone after this? So so why have no lawyers picked up on this? Uh, simply because they are criminally liable themselves. Mm. One of their duties of an attorney is to uphold and support the laws of the state, federal and state laws and law, the constitutions. And they haven't done it. Mm. And when we went over coercion, that is a failure of your duties as a public servant or an official. Okay. Okay. So there you and go. So if an attorney were to try to take this into court and prove it all, he would be proving his own guilt at this point. Mm-hmm. So we need to put people on notice. Is there any is there any chance for them to come back to the to the light, or is everybody? <laughs> it is uh, 
I mean, that is up to the people. Yeah. I, I can't make those decisions for people. Cool. It depends on who have been wronged by these people. Just because we haven't been um, oh, yeah. extorted by any police officers doesn't mean other people haven't uh, been. Yeah, only only I can relinquish the violation of my rights. That you're you're your your right. your culpability so I, for the I can I can forgive them all if I want to, yeah. but it, ultimately it's not up to me to forgive them. Yep. And the, the sheriffs retain the highest liability. They have to be excused by every single person they wronged. Wow. Oh boy, it's in the law. You showed it to us. <laughs> we, we saw it. Beautiful. Wow. Okay. I mean, so shoot, man. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, I would just say that uh, I'm not against law enforcement or the judicial system in any way our judicial system is beautiful and our laws are beautiful it is simply the ignorance in our law enforcement and the praise that they're receiving for it that i have a problem with and as well every american should they are we pay them to protect our rights which they've failed for the last year and a half yes Mm -hmm. Yes. and when you pay someone for a service and they do not deliver that service that is called theft in this case, extortion. Okay. And so if they don't want that public weight of literally everybody starting to hate them, because BLM and Antifa already do, yeah. if they don't want the rest of the people to start hating them, then they need to start doing their jobs yeah. as yeah. we pay them to. Because yeah. they would arrest us if we stole money from them in a heartbeat. And they would slam us. Yep, absolutely. 100%. Awesome. Yeah. Wow, Polly. Well, thank you so much, yeah, man. Thanks, I think this Polly. is great. This is yeah. awesome. Um, is there anywhere else you want to send the listeners? Like, did you want to send them to NATF if they want to learn more? Or? Uh, yeah. So, uh, NATF. I will. I'll send you the link for okay. that, so you can uh, drop that in here. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, just follow along on my Facebook. Okay. And uh, you can go through my my photos in there. I've screenshotted almost all of the laws that I've read and. Cool. talked about so i mean you cool. could just you could probably spend days on there reading cool. through some of the laws awesome and i'll i'll throw you my twitter too i okay what's the twitter what's your twitter handle uh it is hold on let me it's cryptic but it's backwards and ah. it's spelled with numbers and letters oh so. okay okay <laughs> uh it's q i seven p one r c beautiful beautiful awesome. all right cool yeah we'll put that all just send me send me a list of all that shit and i'll get it in the in the notes and man awesome awesome just start writing the book man this is gonna be big yeah uh this is good yeah this is gonna be a full docuseries when yep. this is done. love it <laughs> love it all right brother we'll stay strong and let us know how we can support the cause are you guys hey you know while we're here are you guys going to the salem rally at all uh, yes, we okay. will be we'll at the Salem there. Rally. We'll see you there. That's, awesome. Uh, this this episode may come out after When's that. The Salem Rally? Saturday, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. This may, the episode may come out. Actually, I might try and get this out tomorrow. I might try and get this out tomorrow. Okay. But uh, anyway, well, anyway. So, all right, dude. <laughs> yeah, sounds we'll be good, at the man. Salem Rally, and we're planning another event for the twenty fifth. Yeah, the twenty fifth. Okay. And we're that's actually an event that we're putting together for me to speak at. Oh, cool. And so. All everyone's welcome. Cool. Y'all yeah. Come. We'll we'll let you know uh, location and time and everything. Okay. But right. it'll be on the twenty fifth. Sounds good. Perfect. All right, guys. Thank right. you so Thanks much. Again. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. No problem. All right. Thanks, have you a guys. good night. Yeah. Bye bye. You too. Bye.